welcome to Stirring Faith with Cherry Strange, formerly the She Yearns podcast. Thank you for joining me today. Stirring Faith aims to lead women to desire more of God in their everyday life, making Him evident and desirable to others. Now, let's get started. Welcome to the podcast. Since the last time you and I were together, I have felt a significant shift. The tone from my friends has taken a decline. They seem to be emotionally over the current situation, yet stuck here. It's like the family member who needed a place to stay, so you willingly and graciously offered your guest room, but they have overstayed their welcome and taken over not only the guest room, but the living room, the bathroom, the kitchen, and the parking spot leaving their mess along the way. You're more than ready for this person to move along so you can get back to your life. My friends have said to me more than once this week, haven't you had enough of this? Aren't you completely over this? Honestly, I lean heavily on the introverted scale anyway, so I live in a sheltering in place lifestyle on a daily basis, add a mask and remove all my responsibilities for having to drive the car. And this is like a dream state. (laughs) minus the horrible reasons for being in the state. I'm still doing the same work, just with more people around, with a piano, trumpet, trombone, baritone, and clarinet practices, all at the same time every afternoon. I literally wrote this with spa music blaring in my ears over the Helter Skelter band rehearsal, so I could just concentrate. As I've emphasized in the podcast leading up to today, there are so many opportunities. God is granted to seize the moment that we're in to look for work he might have here in place. And now, I have not had time to get weary. Not not yet. One thing this season has brought is the anticipation that change is in the air. Things may never go back to the way we once knew them and, and all the pieces that were there. We don't know how it's all going to play out in the future, but all sorts of elements will be changing. We are almost sure of it. From retail to movie going to how we travel, it calls us to a time to evaluate our time, our focus, and the direction we're headed. The plans that we've made previously. Should we continue? Do we need to change course? Do we need to back up? Do we need to just abandon ship altogether? Or just pivot slightly? Just the other day, I was listening to a series with John Piper as I'm walking outside. And it's from Hebrews. And he was talking about Hebrews chapter 2, verses 2 and 3 that say, For since the message declared by angels proved to be reliable, and every transgression or disobedience receive a just retribution, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? And one of the points that he sort of focused on was this idea that the life of a Christian is that of neglect. Uh, A thousand choices, what we do today, what book we read, who we call, when to sit down and write. Do I embrace this idea or chase this thought? Should I spend an hour doing X or join this group or take this job in order to make the choice to embrace such a great salvation that God has ordained? Some things are going to have to go. Some things are going to have to be neglected. Some that are bad, some that are neutral, and some that are good. And I I didn't realize that, you know, you don't think about somebody like John Piper facing these kind of choices. But this is my life. Every single day, I am making these choices. And I feel like I'm just shooting in the dark. But this is the life of the Christian. What are we going to neglect 
and it, it's amount of, of choices. How do we know what to embrace today and what to let fall by the wayside to neglect? What is it going to be that gets the yes in your life right now? So today is a good time to think about how to recognize that best yes. What should you neglect in order to embrace the work that God is wanting to do? So I want to think about five strategies that I think are going to get us there the best way. The first strategy is to draw near. A distinguishing factor of the Christian religion is this idea God paints for us in scripture of the shepherd leading, going before, bidding the sheep to follow, saying, come. It's the same picture all the way through as the gospel is unfolded as the good news, enabling what should be implausible as possible. We see it in Isaiah clearly in chapter 55 saying, come everyone who thirsts, come to the waters and he who has no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend money for what is not bread and labor for what does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me and eat what is good and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me. This is God beckoning his people to do the impossible. Hear that your souls may live and I will make with you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast love, my sure love for David. He's already building his case for what is to come. In the Old Testament, we have this in Isaiah, issuing these words from the heart of God and we have it all the way to Revelation where we find this in chapter 22. It's almost said and done. The Spirit and the Bride say, Come and let the one who hears say, Come and let the one who is thirsty come and let the one who desires take the water of life without price. It's the same analogy. Take it without price. Come, always come. God is a broken record from beginning to end. His eyes are on his own and he longs to hear from you. This is what we find in Psalms also in chapter 34, 15. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their cry. There are no shortcuts. Time with God is the number one strategy for hearing his heart. If you want to make sure you're on the same page with the work he's doing and would like to join him in, this is the path for seeing it clearly stand out from all the noise. What I've been doing and I suggest to do is to spend time, more time even, praying, seeking, asking, looking, pondering. James assures us that when we want wisdom, and this definitely qualifies as wanting wisdom, he promises to give it. James 1.5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. So strategy number one, draw near. The second strategy is that we look for ways to infuse our life with more of God. This is exactly what I do. We fill up. Maybe it's spending a few more minutes in the Bible than you would normally do. Maybe I pick up a Bible study that I hadn't been doing. Or I go through a book on my phone that's recorded or something. We might call it a book on tape, but it's recorded and I listen to it about the Bible. Or maybe I listen to a, a podcast, a Christian podcast, kind of like this. It's going to lead my heart to be tuned to the heart of God. I'm personally going to put old sermons off the shelf from dead preachers. That's just what speaks to me. 
and I know this about myself. The key and the strategy is to find ways that fill your heart and your mind and essentially your soul with the things of God. If I want to know what He wants, that may require adjustments on my part. I just can't go about my own business doing whatever I want and tune Him out and just hope that I find it somehow. I need to do the opposite. I need to tune in more, fill up. I don't know what that looks like for you, but there's so many options. You can't go wrong to saturate yourself in different ways so that you fill up with whatever God might have for you. That's strategy number two. Strategy number three is to spread out. Sometimes I'm interested in getting on the same page with God as long as I still get to keep my pet projects. I mean, it's God's work, right? I mean, that's what I'm doing. So surely I get to keep the things that I particularly am fond of. This is where many of us leave the best yes on the table and we settle for pretty good. It's time to take that sacred bucket list or the current to-do list, whatever you're praying over, and really spread it out before the Lord and, and not cram anything in our pockets and hold it back and let Him deal with it as He will. To say, I don't want what you want in this next phase, Lord. I want to keep some things of my own. It's not going to work. We're going to settle for less. And the direction that I think we're headed is not going to get us where we want to go. Lay it all on the table, not holding anything back is really the best thing to do. What this looks like in my own life right now is this. There's only a set number of hours in the day for ministry because I have a lot of people at home still. I don't know what school's going to look like in the near future as in the next 12 to 18 months. This is a long time to continue at home with for sure six kids in the mix and a spouse who is working from home at least part of that time. It's all up in the air. I cannot do what I normally do when no one's at home but me. That's really different. This broadcast is airing about 24 hours late because of all of the distractions. I literally can't concentrate even with headphones on because there's just so many things that are necessary interruptions. And the, the band-aid that I'm trying to stick on this is not sticking. So I understand that it's not gonna be a long-term fix. I'm gonna have to make some adjustments. I've been working at home in the midst of chaos for a lot of years. I know what to do. You have to be willing to let everything go. Even the things that you love and that you believe God is using and allow God to reshape the agenda and orient your life toward His passions and His goals. Even if you are fond of certain things and you think they're working, you can't keep on to those. You can't cram them in your pocket and ask God to bless them. It doesn't work that way. So you've got to leave it all on the table. Things like this, the podcast, they're, they're currently on the table because I can't hold anything back. It's my favorite part of ministry, but it's on the table because this is how we have to roll in this situation. God is in control and I want to be about what he wants and his business, not my own. It never works out that way. Strategy number four is to clean house. When you start cleaning out the closet or whatever it is you're going to clean out, even just laying anything on the table, you're just going to clean out a certain area, you begin to separate things into piles. Maybe you don't, but this is what I do. Separate things into piles. Maybe you have a giveaway pile. Maybe you have a try-on pile if it's a closet. Or you have a keep pile. One pile that you for sure have 
is a trash pile, something you are definitely getting rid of. We need to do the same thing when it comes to recognizing the best yes from all the noise. It's amazing what begins to blind our vision and obstruct the path in the course of ordinary living. When you've prayed, you laid everything out there, you've listened well, it's much easier to see what needs to go. Things you don't really need and are just holding you back in your faith, it's just like cleaning house. The strategy can impact people differently. Sometimes it leaves you feeling a lot of loss when you do the cleaning out. Others it leaves feeling a sense of accomplishment. But for the Christian, it gives us a new sense of a lease on life, a freedom that cannot be contained. It's like Hebrews 12.1 where it says, Let us throw off everything that hinders so that we can run the race that's marked out for us. Clean house so that you can be ready to do whatever God would have you do. That is the fourth strategy. It is essential that this takes place in order that we be ready, prepared, and equipped to do what God is calling us to do in this next whatever He has for us. And the fifth strategy is to be expectant. The strategy is to prepare for adjustments. Chad and I are finishing a book with our teens, and it's by Mike, Tom, and Daniel Blackaby. They're all relatives of Henry Blackaby. And this book was called Seven Steps to Knowing, Doing, and Experiencing the Will of God for Teens. One of the aspects they just noted in in what we read to them about experiencing God is this idea that God is going to make adjustments in our lives. And if we want to get on the same page with Him to be about kingdom work that makes an eternal difference, then we need to recognize it's not as simple as rearranging the furniture in the room. It's more like how C.S. Lewis portrays it in Mere Christianity, where he writes, Imagine yourself as a living house. God comes in to rebuild that house. At first, perhaps, you can understand what He's doing. He is getting the drains right and stopping the leaks in the roof and so on. You knew that those jobs needed doing, and so you're not surprised. But presently, He starts knocking the house about in a way that hurts abominably and does not seem to make any sense. What on earth is He up to? The explanation is that He's building quite a different house from the one you thought of. Throwing out a new wing here and putting on an extra floor there, running up towers, making courtyards. You thought you were being made into a decent little cottage, but he's building a palace. He intends to come and live in it himself. The best yes might mean total house transformation instead of a new coat of paint on the porch like you and I thought we were gonna do. We wanna be women who refuse to settle for a minor shift because it's easier than the complete overhaul because the process is painful or it's inconvenient, expensive, and an eyesore for a long, long time. So, prepare for adjustments when you decide to move your heart to be in line with God's in this next phase. Recognizing the best yes from everything else is worth the effort. So remember these five strategies to draw near, to fill up, to spread out, to clean house, and to prepare for adjustments in the process. It will be exciting to learn what the future holds. Don't hesitate to let me know on social media or responding to the podcast. We also highly encourage you to rate the podcast. Just scroll down and give it a five star. It really does help. Thank you so much for listening. You make a difference, and I look forward to being with you again next time.
Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Stirring Faith Podcast. We plan to release a new episode once a week. I would invite you to become a subscriber because it makes it so much easier to make sure you get it. Please remember, rate, review, and share the podcast. You're the one that makes the impact. And you never understand the difference your suggestion could make in the life of another person just by recommending and sharing the resource. So please pass along what you find here. Don't keep it to yourself. It's so easy to do. Post it from Spotify. It's so easy. Or put it in your stories. I would personally be grateful. And remember, there's more truth-saturated, gospel-centered, spiritually insightful resources at your fingertips. Just go to www.sheyearns.com where you're going to find reading plans, videos, articles, and other resources, more than it's ever been before, to help stir more desire for God into your everyday life. I'm Cherry Strange. It is always a pleasure to meet you here.